Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. guys and welcome to the moms and mysteries podcast a true crime podcast featuring myself mandy and my dear friend melissa hi melissa hi mandy how are you (laughs) i feel like that's such a loaded question (laughs) this week it's just been a week it's been a september already we're only like one week into it but it's how are we only one week (laughs) well how about this let's turn it around let's make it a positive one you have a birthday in your family tomorrow yes i do my oldest son is turning 14 i think i've mentioned on the show before that he was born on 9909 so he has a very special little birthday of course he's my child so his birthday is special to me oh no matter what but Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, it was cool and then melissa you told me that september 9th is actually like the most popular birthday? It is. Well, September babies are either a Merry Christmas or a Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year baby. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I guess September 9th is like the most popular. Well, you, you, did I tell you? And then you were like, oh, I just found out this morning because I think your husband and I found out via the same TikTok that was posted. So is it true? Don't know. But TikTok <laughs> found both of us. So yes. maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So really excited. I think I just said is he's turning 14 if I didn't say that. Um, But yeah, so it's kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, you know, you've already been through the 14th birthday at your house. So I'm just kind of like, 
the years are ticking by and that's exactly I'm going to spiral, is. you know, I'm just kind mm-hmm. of like his teen years are going I know. <laughs> like, what's I, happening? <laughs> I know, I know. I was saying that to my husband. I'm like, really? We only have three years, uh, three summers left with her? And what are we going to do for those three summers? And he's like, I need you to calm down. Yeah. We, <laughs> it's very hard it's to September. calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally get it. But I'm excited. I can't believe. I'll, I'll never forget seeing you the first time and seeing your son and just hearing this like super smart little kid just talking like just in a group (laughs) setting like answering questions and stuff and it was just the cutest thing in the world and I always like when I think of him I think of him like that yeah he used to he used to hang out with adults and had conversations he did he did when he was younger now it's you're lucky if you can get him to talk to you True. So that's why I'm just remembering those fond days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, between all of that and as we've been talking about for several months now, we're getting ready for CrimeCon. Melissa, you sent me a text, (laughs) I guess, a couple days ago reminding me that we only had like 15 days to go. Of course, now it's even less. I don't even want to count right now. But yeah, so we're less than two weeks from CrimeCon. Super excited about that. That's, That's everything that's going on. And that's enough. <laughs> that, that's plenty. Yeah. yeah. Let's just get going. All right. So working in retail or really just in any type of store or business that sells things is extremely common. These are the types of jobs that people often get when they first begin their journey into the workforce. And of course, there are people of all ages that do work in these types of positions, but they are popular for younger people and those with entry-level skills. While these types of employment positions are really, really great at providing jobs, they do also come with a little bit of personal safety risk. Anytime you have expensive merchandise or cash on hand in a cash register, there is this mostly unspoken fear that a not-so-nice person could waltz in and try to steal it. Retail crime is extremely common, and while most of this type of crime falls into what you would consider petty theft, there's still a shocking amount of more violent and even organized retail crime happening across the country, and data shows that there's a continued increase in these types of attacks. Now, to be fair, Melissa, I don't know about you, I know I'm not losing a whole lot of sleep over multi-million dollar companies suffering what they call inventory losses or product theft, but something that does concern me and should concern everyone is the safety and well-being of the innocent employees and customers who happen to be inside of a store when it's being robbed. When I got my first job at a local ice cream shop, one of the first things my dad told me was that if anyone ever came in and demanded money from the register, I should just give it to them and under no circumstances should I ever try and be the hero and save the day and fight back. My parents always reminded me that a human life is worth more than $250 in cash or a pair of shoes or whatever else it is that they are trying to steal. Like I said before, most robberies don't end in extreme tragedy, but today's story is a cautionary tale and a good reminder that we need to be constantly vigilant of our surroundings and actively thinking about ways to protect ourselves in an emergency situation. February 2nd, 2008 began as a regular Chicago day. It was cold as heck, windy as heck, and there was sleet raining down from the sky. But 42-year-old Rhoda McFarland wasn't phased by this weather. She knew that the Lane Bryant store that she managed would be really busy that day, so even though she wasn't actually scheduled to come into work, she got herself ready and she headed in to help out in any way. The store was situated in the Brookside Marketplace Shopping Center, just south of Interstate 80 in the suburb of Tenley Park, an area typically known for its low crime rate. 
The village itself had around 60,000 residents at the time of the story, and in the previous year, there had been zero murders and just 15 robberies. In fact, there had only been two murders in the area from 1999 to 2008, so this is the type of place where people generally feel safe. That day, Lane Bryant was going to be having a clearance sale, and Rhoda knew that the store would have some extra traffic. So being this incredible manager, this thoughtful person and boss that she was, she went in to help the part-time employees that were scheduled to work that morning. And absolutely no one could have predicted the horror that would be unleashed just a few hours later. At 10.44 a.m., emergency dispatchers received a call from inside the Lane Bryant store about an armed man who had come into the store and announced that he was robbing them. There happened to be a Tinley Park police officer just a few hundred yards away at the Super Target that was in the same shopping center, and he was able to make it to the Lane Bryant store in less than two minutes. But when he arrived, the gunman was already gone. He was unsure of exactly what to expect, so he cautiously made his way around the store, hoping to make contact with whoever had called 911. There was nobody in the front of the store or behind the cash register, so this officer continued to look in the employee-only area in the back of the store. Police ended up finding six women bound with duct tape in a back room. Five of the women had been shot execution style in the back of the head, and the sixth woman had miraculously survived because she turned her head just before the gunman shot her, and the bullet grazed her neck. She then played dead until the police arrived. The whole shopping center was put on lockdown while authorities searched Super Target, Kohl's, a pet supply store, multiple restaurants, and more. A helicopter was even flown overhead to help search for the shooter, but it was eventually determined that the gunman had fled the immediate area. The surviving victim in the shooting was a 33-year-old student who worked weekends at the Lane Bryant store. She wishes to remain anonymous, but is described by her relatives as being a wonderful young lady and a great person who likes to listen to music and cook. She had recently been through a divorce and was enrolled in nursing school, working two jobs to pay her bills and just trying to get her life back on track. Among the victims who lost their lives that day were the store manager, 42-year-old Rhoda McFarland, and four customers, 37-year-old Connie Woolfolk, 34-year-old Jennifer Bishop, 33-year-old Carrie Hudek-Cuso, and 22-year-old Sarah Safronsky. Police told the public that there had been multiple victims, but they didn't immediately announce whether or not any of the victims had been found alive. They may have done this to protect the surviving victim from having her identity revealed in the event that the shooter wanted to track her down and finish the job. But she was thankfully able to give investigators some further insight into what happened that day. She was interviewed multiple times for short durations so as not to overwhelm her. And we're going to get into what she was able to tell the police after a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. If you're looking to make some changes to your hair care routine, might I suggest Vegamore? When it comes to my hair and scalp health, having a product that works plus is made with clean ingredients is pretty special. But Vegamore does just that, all while giving me visibly thicker, shinier, fuller hair, all without harsh ingredients. 
That's right, Vegamore is made 100% cruelty-free and their products are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like paraben or hormones. But personally, the thing I love the most about Vegamore is how easy it is to incorporate their products into my daily routine. And by daily routine, I of course mean the 30 seconds in the morning I have to do anything. With their Grow Essentials Kit, you can try all kinds of amazing products at great savings, like their Grow Shampoo or Grow Conditioner, or my personal favorite, the Grow Serum, that I actually started using a few years ago. It's really just so easy to use. I just add a few drops to my scalp after it's dry and let the serum do its job. I'm also using their brow serum to help my barely there eyebrows and have seen a massive difference in the past month. Give your hair the power of the little pink bottle with Vegamore. For a limited time, Moms and Mysteries listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash moms and use code moms at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash moms, code moms to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash moms, code moms. I've seen a lot of those TikToks lately that compare how much things cost now versus a few years ago, from the price of homes to the cost of milk, even owning a pet. Everything has become more expensive. But thanks to Embrace Pet Insurance, you can let go of the cost of pet emergencies and instead focus on having fun with your favorite furry friend. Speaking of price increases, vet care prices have gone up by a whopping 33% from 2022 to 2023. But with Embrace Pet Insurance, you can go into any vet or emergency clinic with confidence, knowing that you are protected. And if you have multiple fur babies, Embrace has a special treat for you, a 10% multi-pet discount. That is great to know. What I really love about Embrace is that they have a 24-7 helpline ready to answer all your pet-related dilemmas. And if that's not enough, they even offer an optional wellness rewards program, ensuring you take preventative measures to keep your pets healthy, hopefully avoiding those emergency trips altogether. Things tend to happen in threes, so I wasn't really surprised last year when my dog Remy got sick right after both my kids were sick. Luckily, thanks to pet insurance, I was able to walk out for a fraction of the price I would have paid without pet insurance. And Embrace Pet Insurance is incredibly affordable, and the peace of mind is invaluable. Don't wait for the unexpected to happen. Join the massive community of pet owners who trust Embrace Pet Insurance to protect their pet. Head to EmbracePetInsurance.com moms and sign up for pet insurance today. Make sure you go to EmbracePetInsurance.com slash moms or else they won't know we sent you. Now back to the episode. So before the break, we were discussing the murders that took place at the Lane Bryant in the Chicago area and the interviews the police are trying to conduct with the one surviving person from this attack. So the surviving victim told police that she and her boss, Rhoda, had arrived at work at 10 a.m. that morning to open the store. Rhoda had already deposited the store's receipts at the bank that morning. The shooter first entered the store at 10.08 a.m., but at that time, no one suspected that he was a dangerous person. The shooter started off acting normal. He posed as a delivery person and was greeted by the surviving victim when he entered the store. The man approached the cash registers where Rhoda was standing with some paperwork in his hand and said that he had a delivery. He asked if he had the right store while casually looking around, possibly scanning for security cameras. When the gunman realized there weren't any cameras, his entire demeanor changed. That's when he pulled a 40 caliber Glock pistol and suddenly announced that he was robbing the store. The man ordered Rhoda and the surviving victim to empty the registers. If during this the woman reacted in a way the gunman didn't like, he would angrily yell and curse at them. 
At some point, two customers came into the store to shop and were met with the horrifying surprise of walking in on an armed robbery already in progress. These two women, along with Rhoda and the surviving victim, were herded into a back room where they were forced to bind each other's wrists behind their backs with duct tape, which police believed that the gunman actually brought with him, and told the four women to lay face down on the floor. In the meantime, two other women entered the store hoping to shop, and they were also immediately intercepted and forced into the back room with the others. While the gunman was distracted, Rhoda was able to free herself from the tape and use her cell phone to call 911 at 10.44 a.m. She was able to whisper the location to the operator who told her to stay on the line. Rhoda pleaded with them to hurry, but then the connection was lost. Although Rhoda could have potentially run out the emergency exit, it's thought that she stayed behind to try and help the other women. Before we get into more of the shooting, we wanted to properly recognize those women and tell you a little bit about who they were. We've talked a little about Rhoda, and we'll talk a little more about her later. And we've also mentioned the other store employee who was the surviving victim of the shooting, but we haven't talked about the four customers who were killed. 37-year-old Connie was the mother of two boys ages 10 and 16. Those that knew her said that her kids were her pride and joy. Connie started a business with her mom in 2007 called Mortgages Etc. and worked there as a mortgage lender. Prior to starting this business, she worked for the village of Park Forest for seven years, where she was described by coworkers as being dynamic, daring, devoted, delightful, and divine. Connie's brother, Aaron, said that she was a beautiful person, and no matter who you were, you just loved her. Her sister said Connie was always special, and she just had a way of showing pure love. Connie had plans to go out with friends for a birthday party on the day that she was killed. Another one of the victims was 34-year-old Jennifer Bishop, who wasn't even from the Chicago area. Jennifer and her husband happened to be in town from Indiana for a roofing conference because Jennifer's husband was in the roofing business. She worked as an ICU nurse at South Bend Memorial Hospital in Indiana, where she'd been working for over 10 years. Jennifer was very popular at work and known to be very caring and outgoing. Multiple doctors that later attended her funeral said that she was one of their favorite nurses and that when she was on duty, they knew their patients would get the best care. Jennifer had two sons and a daughter, ranging in age from just six months to seven years old. She loved spending time with her family at their cottage on Birch Lake in Michigan, and she was very involved with her children's school and athletic activities. Another victim was 33-year-old Carrie Hudek Cuso, a counselor at Homewood Flossmore High School. Carrie was very well respected by her colleagues, and she was adored by her students, according to the school district spokesperson. She sponsored over a dozen student support groups, ranging from anger management to issues students with family members in the military face. Carrie married her husband, Tony, in 2006, and the couple had plans to start a family very soon. Her sister-in-law said Carrie was the most wonderful, loving person who was willing to do anything for anybody. The last victim was 22-year-old Sarah Safransky, who was at Lane Bryant to look for clothes for her new job in the accounting department at CNA Financial in Chicago. She was a recent graduate from Northern Illinois University and was so excited for her first job just out of college. A family friend named Pete told A&E that Sarah was a sweetheart who worked really hard for good grades. Her friend Ryan said she was a good person who was involved in everything when they were in high school. 
She played the clarinet in the concert band, she was on the badminton team, and she was in multiple groups, including mathletes and the Spanish club. Another classmate said Sarah was the kind of person everyone really just gravitated to. Rhoda McFarland, the store manager who dialed 911 that morning and reported the attack, was 42 years old and she was recently engaged to a man named Stuart. She had been managing that Lane Bryant for about two years and she previously worked at Embassy Christian Church in Crest Hill. She actually became an ordained minister in 2002 and she served as a youth pastor and began a mentoring program for young girls called Princess Unveiled. The church eventually closed and that's when Rhoda went to work at Lane Bryant. In her free time, Rhoda enjoyed cooking and writing. Her brother described her as having a glowing personality and just a great laugh. Friends said that she was giving in every sense of the word and there was nothing bad to be said about her. According to the surviving victim, the gunman inappropriately touched one of the women, but that was the extent of any sexual assault. He then covered each of the women's heads and faces with underwear before he shot them. The bullet casings were left at the scene, but the killer took the gun itself with him when he fled, and it has never been located. According to Connie Wolfolk's loved ones, she was found with blood under her nails and scratches on her body, and it was very clear that she had been beaten up pretty badly in this attack. The Chicago Tribune reported that all women were shot in the back of the head except for Rhoda, who was shot in the forehead. According to Unresolved, the surviving victim was able to lead the police to finding a discarded coffee cup that the gunman had been carrying when he came into the store. The police have never confirmed the existence of that cup, but it is believed that they may have been able to collect DNA from it as well as from under Connie's fingernails. Since the survivor was interviewed in short bursts on different days, her description changed slightly each time she would recall her terrifying near-death experience. The final and official description of the man is that he is a husky, medium to dark complected black man with broad shoulders weighing between 230 and 260 pounds and standing between six foot and six foot two. He was wearing a waist length, dark colored winter coat, a charcoal gray knit cap and black jeans that had rhinestones in the shape that looked something similar to a cursive G on the back pockets. He has a receding hairline and three to five puffy braids. Um, One of his braids was actually laying over the right side of his face at cheek level. And the surviving victim said that she noticed there were four light green colored beads on the end of this particular braid. I truly can't imagine being in this situation at all. And you're trying to take in all this information and you're hoping that you survive and she's able to retain Any information to me is pretty I was incredibly impressed to see the amount of detail that this victim was able to provide to the police because like you said, it's not – I feel like even when they do get a description of someone, you don't usually get this much detail, not down to like he had this this type of braids and this is like what – he had four beads on the end of this one braid. Like those are very – awesome specific details to be able to give to the police. So to get straight to the point, this case has shockingly still never been solved and the shooter remains at large over 15 years later, despite all of this information that she was able to provide police. Investigators have been very tight-lipped about the investigation since the very beginning. Just three days after the shooting, Tenley Park Police Chief Mike O'Connell said the investigation has been extremely sensitive and the police had to keep information confidential. That same day, officers confirmed that one of the victims had survived and announced a $55,000 reward, most of which was offered up by Charming Shoppers, Inc., which is Lane Bryant's parent company. 
Investigators said that robbery was the most likely motive in the quintuple murder and that, quote, at some point it went rather poorly, end quote. It was reported that just $200 was taken from the store and unknown amounts from the victim's purses, along with some of their valuables, were taken. Which just hearing that number and like there's no number that would make you say, oh, well, that was fine. But 200 for all of these lives and like, what could you have even done with that money? I mean, it's just absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Police think it is weird, though, that a robber would go rob a clothing store where most people are paying with things like credit cards and not cash early in the morning. So there haven't even been that many people in. If they're saying 1044, we've talked about stores like this before. They likely open at like 10. So yeah. we're talking possibly less than an hour. It was even open. And the gunman even stayed 40 to 45 minutes inside the store, which police also found to be really strange. However, it's possible the gunman was desperate. Police said desperate criminals will sometimes target places like Lane Bryant because the customers and the staff are usually women who are, quote, more likely to be compliant and hand over whatever cash is on hand, end quote. Police said the gunman is likely someone who is on drugs and who needed money for a fix. Police also contacted multiple salons to see if anyone there had braided the gunman's hair. According to the Sun-Times, quote, fans of the braided hair style were skeptical that stylists could help identify the man, end quote. Shern Hale, who has braided hair for more than 10 years, told the Times, quote, unless they're getting dreadlocks, it's common for men to go to relatives and friends to get their hair braided. It's much cheaper that way. And as you said before, Mandy, there's were just four braids. So it, it was something they felt like a family member or friend could have done as right. opposed to going to a stylist for something like this. After the surviving victim was released from the hospital, she was placed in protective custody. On February 6th, she released this statement, quote, On Saturday, February 2nd, an unspeakable tragedy occurred and five of the bravest women I have ever met were senselessly murdered and taken from their families. My deepest sympathies and condolences go out to their families and friends. Please know that during the unfathomable events of that day, their thoughts were focused on you and coming home. My heart aches that they were unable to do so, and I am working with authorities in any way possible for all of the victims. I ask that the media please respect all of our families and allow us time to grieve and cope privately with the horrific crime that ripped our worlds apart. I also ask that everyone respect that neither I nor my family can discuss the horrible events of that day. I think everybody who has expressed concern and ask that any person who can assist in the investigation contact the authorities immediately, end quote. The surviving victim's parents live in Kentucky, and they were advised to leave their house for a few weeks for their own safety. Police investigated each of the victims and looked into their backgrounds to rule out maybe the possibility that there could be any clues there. And it was theorized that the gunman had chosen Lane Bryant because he possibly knew one of the victims. If he didn't know any of the victims, then it was most likely that he had just pulled off Interstate 80 looking for a random place to rob. Two former FBI profilers named Greg McCrary and Clint Van Zant. These are actually the same ones who led the team that identified the Unabomber. Wow. Um, yeah, so they told the Sun-Times that the shooter, quote, has almost certainly been in jail before. They said the seriousness of the crime showed that this wasn't what they called an entry-level crime. And they said that, quote, the type of person who would do something like this typically has a long criminal history and a history of violence, end quote. He most likely killed these women because of something 
like he vowed to himself that he would never go back to jail. These profilers believe that the gunman had probably already spent a lengthy amount of time there and did not enjoy it. Furthermore, it's unlikely that the killer planned on shooting the victims, but he may have gotten angry and scared when one of them resisted and he perceived that he was losing control of the situation. On February 8th, the Sun-Times reported that the killer heard the 911 dispatcher talking to Rhoda on the phone, and that's when he got mad. Rhoda tried to close her phone, and the gunman shot her and then the other women. Commander Phil Valoy later said that the gunman, quote, had to have done it quickly and efficiently. For that reason, the natural assumption is that he's done it before, but we don't know that for sure, end quote. Dive teams searched frozen ponds and streams nearby, and grid searches of roadsides and interstates were also conducted within the first week of the investigation. Even trash cans in the shopping center were searched, but turned up nothing. On February 11th, a police sketch of the suspect was released, and within 24 hours, police had more than two dozen new leads. The reason it took so long to release the sketch was because the police said they were focused on being as accurate as possible with the sketch, and since the surviving victim was so traumatized from her experience, she had a really difficult time being able to give the police enough details to immediately release a sketch. Part of Rhoda's 911 call was also released to the public. The store unfortunately did not have any security cameras, but investigators were able to obtain other surveillance footage from businesses within a mile and a half of the store. In mid-March, the police released some grainy still images from surveillance footage from the Super Target in the shopping center. They were specifically looking at a dark-colored SUV and a small sedan that were both parked in front of Lane Bryant that morning. One of them had pulled in at 10.39 a.m. and the other just one minute later at 10.40, and both of these vehicles left at 10.46. Police weren't sure if the owner of those vehicles were involved in any way, but they did want to find and speak to them just to be sure. The footage has also been enhanced by a NASA scientist who was working with America's Most Wanted, and the scientist was able to enhance the footage enough to see the vehicles, but not enough to be able to read the license plates. My gosh, I, I swear, I feel like this happens more than anything in unsolved stories. It's so maddening, truly, in this day and age that we still don't have good surveillance cameras, like not enough to be able to see a license plate. Our cell phone cameras can take a better photo than that. That's There's something seriously wrong with that. It really is. On March 15th, America's Most Wanted featured a bit on the shooting, and a couple of weeks later, it was announced that the reward had been increased to $100,000. By this time, investigators had already gotten over 2,300 tips. In May, the police said they had recovered fingerprints and hair from the crime scene that may belong to the suspect, but it still has not been matched to anybody in the criminal database. On June 10th, a 3D sketch, another more lifelike depiction of the killer, was released to the public. And we're going to get into the rest of the story after one last break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. Our animals are a special part of our life, so it's time we make sure we're treating them that way. And I can with Nom Nom. Nom Nom delivers fresh dog food with each and every portion size personalized to your dog's needs, helping them live their best life. And Nom Nom isn't just dog food. 
It's real whole food you can see and recognize, but it contains no additives or fillers that contribute to bloating or low energy for your dog. Nom Nom has already delivered over 40 million meals to good dogs just like yours, and now is a great time to have your dog in on the fun and deliciousness of Nom Nom. Nom Nom uses the latest science and insights to help make not just good food, but good for your dog food, thanks to their nutrient-packed recipes that were made by board-certified veterinary nutritionists, by the way, and are made fresh with your dog specifically in mind. Remy is obsessed with Nom Nom, and I love that I'm feeding him food that he enjoys and also helps him feel and do his best. Go right now for 50% off your no-risk two-week trial at trynom.com slash moms. Spelled trynom.com slash moms for 50% off. Trynom.com slash moms. Just because the calendar says September doesn't mean the heat is going away anytime soon. But thanks to Lumi Whole Body Deodorant, you can feel and smell your freshest from top to bottom. Literally. Lumi was designed by an OBGYN with one thing in mind, controlling odor everywhere on your body, including your pits, privates, and beyond. On top of that, it works for a whopping 72 hours. Lumi is aluminum-free, baking soda-free, and paraben-free. Plus, it's pH-balanced, so it's safe to use below the belt. But one of my favorite things about Lumi is that it's not trying to mask odors, but is formulated to stop odor before it starts, making it more like a pre-odorant. If you haven't tried Lumi before, a great way to start is with their starter pack. It comes with everything you need. One of my favorite parts of my starter pack were the deodorant wipes. They're perfect for a day on the go or just to have on hand when you need them. Either way, they're easy to keep on hand. Lumi offers all different application options, including solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, and the deodorant wipes I love. So you'll find one that works great for you. Lumi starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code MOMS at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code MOMS. Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. 
Don't wait. Sign up for Dash Pass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. Dash Pass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with Dash Pass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for Dash Pass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for Dash Pass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. It's been a while since I've had a baby of my own, and some days I miss it so much. The baby cuddles and baby smiles, but when it comes to diaper rashes, not so much. I remember the first time my oldest had a diaper rash, I was really devastated. Here's this tiny thing totally dependent on me, and now she's fussy and obviously uncomfortable, and I'm supposed to have the answers. Well, with time and treatment, it went away, but what I really wanted was to avoid it altogether. And now, baby butts rejoice. New Huggies Skin Essentials are here, a brand new dermatologist-approved line of diapers, wipes, and pull-ups training pants, all designed with baby's sensitive skin in mind. The wipes are thick and have zero harsh ingredients for a great, gentle clean. Pull-Up Skin Essentials has got your big kid covered, too, with a training pant that's ultra-soft and breathable to help protect sensitive skin throughout potty training. Whether you're a first-time parent or a seasoned pro, make it easy on yourself and your baby with Huggies. Learn more at Huggies.com. Once again, head to Huggies.com to learn more. Now back to the episode. So before the break, we were discussing what police what evidence police actually had and what they were working with, um, including actually having this story shared on America's Most Wanted and even increasing the reward amount for uh, for answers in this in this case. So during the investigation, some questions arose about Rhoda's former church, the Embassy Christian Center in Crest Hill. There were two things in particular the police wanted to look further into. The first was a man named George Asia Jr., He was a former pastor slash owner of the embassy. Remember, Rhoda actually started out as his administrative assistant before she went on to be ordained. But it turns out George took out an $860,000 mortgage on the church in March of 2005. Five months later, George moved to Austin to start a new branch and took members with him. He left Rhoda in charge of the Crest Hill branch. Soon after George left, church members found out that George had taken out the 860000 mortgage on the church building. They were extremely unhappy because they thought they had been close to paying the building off. Hundreds of people actually left the church over this, and Rhoda finally left in November of 2006. After she left, George stopped speaking to Rhoda, which was really hurtful because she considered him her spiritual mentor. The second thing they wanted to look into was a phone call. Around an hour before the murders, a former embassy member made a 20-minute call, and this call pinged the cell tower closest to the Lane Bryant store. On August 11th, officers were sent to Austin to investigate these findings and said that although they hadn't developed any evidence linking the church to the shooting, they were still considering this their biggest lead. However, nothing ever came of it. By 2012, three full-time investigators and an analyst from the Illinois State Police were working on the case. The investigation had already cost $1.5 million by that time, and that's not including the help from the other agencies like the FBI, state police, Secret Service, and South Suburban Major Crime Task Force. At this time, investigators were analyzing cell phone records connected to two towers in the area. Also by 2012, police had even traveled to London to meet with a doctor who had developed a breakthrough way to extract fingerprints. 
Police said that they can't actually give any details or specifics on what the trip did for the investigation, but that they, quote, did get somewhere. In 2013, Commander Patrick McCain said, quote, if I were to make a best guess, it was probably a robbery that failed. However, every time we focus on one thing, there's something in there that just doesn't fit right. In February of 2018, police released an updated 3D sketch of the suspect for the 10-year anniversary of the shooting. The new sketch brought in over 100 new tips, bringing the total to 7,300 tips since the shooting occurred. As with many cases, the police believe they are just missing that one piece needed to solve this case, the one thing that will tie everything together. Police Chief Steve Nebauer said that it was very frustrating that they hadn't been able to solve the case, but said they were still committed to the case and still committed to solving it. By this time, forensic technicians had been able to isolate the gunman's voice from the 911 call, but they still weren't able to hear exactly what he was saying. Tinley Park had spent $2.6 million on the investigation at the 10-year mark. Investigators had even traveled to Philadelphia to meet with a police society. Um, It's a group that's made up of current and retired law enforcement agencies and forensic experts and psychologists, but still the case remained unsolved. At the 13-year anniversary in 2001, police said the case was still active, but wouldn't say whether they had any suspects or not. At this time, there is only one detective assigned full-time to this case. His name is Ray Violetto. It doesn't appear that police ever found any evidence that the gunman had a connection with any of the victims. The Lane Bryant store never reopened, and the building itself stayed vacant until the fall of 2013 when a TJ Maxx moved into the location. There is a dedicated tip line for this investigation. You can actually reach Detective Violetto directly at 708-444-5394, and there is an email address set up at lanebryant.tipline at tinleypark.org, and there is still a $100,000 reward. So if you have any information that you even think could help solve this case, please contact the authorities there. It's so hard to believe that we're so far out. There is so much technology. There was, you know, a surviving victim that was able to get a look at this person and to just carry this on your conscience for 15 years. It's so hard to understand how n- no one's come forward or suspected anything or I don't know. It, it's, I agree. It's and just the general circumstances of this happening at a shopping center. I mean, this sounds like, you know, we have tons of shopping centers around here that are anchored by huge stores like Super Target and Kohl's. And so the picture I'm getting of this shopping center reminds me a lot of like things I've seen before, big areas, like an outdoor shopping mall almost. So you're thinking like there has, you know, you would think there would be tons of witnesses. You would think there would be more people who could see something, even more surveillance footage from other stores. It does kind of blow your mind to think, how did somebody actually get away with doing this? It's just such a huge crime. It just blows you away to think like, for something that seems so random, you would think there would have been more clues left behind. Yeah, and he was in there for so long. Like, it's just... And people were just walking in. I mean, they were. He was taking him to the back, but it's it's unbelievable, really. It really is horrifying. I was talking to my husband about the story and telling him, you know, and even he said, you know, like 
that's the scariest thing to think about mm-hmm. walking into a store and not realizing what's going on, you know, that there's a gunman in the store and that they've got people in the back and you're just walking in having no idea. And then the next thing you know, you're being ushered back. I mean, it's truly a horrifying scenario Absolutely. to even think about finding yourself in. It's just like heart, it's heartbreaking. I can't, there's no other word for it really. Just yeah. truly scary and yeah, terrifying. Yeah, I feel for the families and I'm hopeful that one day something will come up. I mean, keeping attention on things like this is what they hope for. Yeah, so I definitely hope that this case will be solved one day. Um, That's, you know, six victims in one robbery gone wrong, like the police say. Um, It's just totally unacceptable. I really, really do hope that they will find uh, the person responsible for this. Absolutely. And we see it all the time. More cases are being solved. It takes this person, they have some of his DNA. It takes this person screwing up doing something else, his DNA being on record, like something. Or like the case we talked about recently where they didn't match. uh, It was Gary Kruger that it took they had the yeah. DNA, but it's just the backlog they have to work through. And mm-hmm. you never know when it's going to pop up and they're going to say, you know what, we finally got a match to this. And now we know yeah. who this person is. So I truly believe it's just a matter of time in this case. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys, that is the story for this week. Um, unfortunately, we are not going to turn the page and do last thing before we go like we usually do. We're giving you guys a break. Let's say it's a pot. Let's frame it as a positive for you. <laughs> It is a positive. Um, Well, the thing is, we are finishing up our big push with Season of Justice. So we wanted to really just take this time to focus on on giving and donating and working with them. So we wanted to, again, remind you guys that we're in the last week of this. So when you're hearing this, this is really our last week um, to try to reach our goal. Right now, it's $3,000. We are not there yet. We would love to be there. There's nothing I would love more and Mandy than to be able to tell them we made it. We got, you know, this goal and to see how it can help other families. And they just do incredible work. So We're really, really hopeful. If you're listening to this and you haven't given, here's a great way to do it. You can either text 53555. Uh, You can text MOMSOJ to that number and it sends you a link. You can click on that and you can uh, make a donation there. No amounts too small. Anything's appreciated. We are so, so thankful for everybody who has donated. You can also go to givebutter.com slash fallmoms. This is all in our show notes. It'll be like the first thing you see in our show notes. So it's very, we're making it easy for you because we have to make it easy for ourselves. If I have something that's easy, I'm more likely to do it. And that could be a lazy thing. I don't know. But if you make it easy for me, I'm happy to do it. Um, So hopefully that is something that is easy for you to do. We did want to acknowledge the people who have donated this past week that made donations of more than $25. And there were more people. Some people like to stay anonymous. I totally respect that. But thank you this week to Amy Dube, D-U-B-E. I want to say Doobie, but I don't think that's right. So She's I'm a long-time listener. She's Amy been Dube, with us a right? long time. Thank you very much, thank Amy. You. Yes. You're the best. The next is Corinda Venata, and she wrote a really nice note on there and said that we should all be friends, and we are friends. Don't worry. Corinda, <laughs> find us. Find us in a not creepy way, and let's just be friends. Um, the next one is Lauren Wilcox. Lauren, thank you so much for giving. Um, we really, really appreciate it. And the last one does what I used to do to everybody, which is only give the last initial. That is Shelly R. 
R could stand for anything. So if you didn't donate, I guess you could take credit for it if your name is Shelly R. Um, <laughs> but don't, because this is only one Shelly R, and she did it. So again, we are closing up the contest for giving away the Cosmo Junior Track 2 this week. So if you wanted to get your donation in, every $5 is one entry. We do that on the 16th, and we can't wait to give that prize away. Everyone's been awesome. Thank you so, so much. Yes. Thank you, everybody who has donated. I like Melissa said, any amount is so appreciated. And it really does go far to make a difference for these families who are still searching for answers in an unsolved case. So we really appreciate everybody who has donated and those of you who are considering donating. Absolutely. I know it's not easy. And yeah, we totally get that. So no pressure. But if you can, that's awesome. Yes. All right, guys, that is it for this week. We will be back next week. Same time, same place, new story. Have a great week. Bye.